Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. I'm John Leahy, and I am delighted to have you along for the podcast this week. I want to send out a big thank you to my guest last week, Tim Posguy, the radio voice of the Mahoning Valley Scrappers, the short season affiliate of the Cleveland Indians. We had some great uh, baseball talk last week, and if you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out, as well as uh, all the episodes uh, that I've done. We've had some great fun on the podcast. That's going to continue, and again, if you've missed any of the previous episodes, they're all there uh, for you to check out. So uh, again, thanks to Tim for stopping by and chatting with us last week. Before we get started on this week's episode, I'd just like to take a moment and remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Anchor, the number one podcasting app on the market today. With the Anchor app, it's so easy to make a great sounding podcast, and the best part, the Anchor app is free. The Anchor app contains creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. Anchor also takes care of distributing your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple, Spotify, and many more places where podcasts are heard. You can also make money on your podcast with no minimum listenership. Trust me, everything you need to make a great sounding podcast all in one place is with the Anchor app. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Well, today on the podcast, I thought we'd touch on... An element of play-by-play that is very important that falls along the lines of preparation. And I'm going to talk about spotting boards, which is very crucial to a play-by-play broadcaster. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they are and how I constructed them and how I approach using that type of tool in my broadcast today. So I'm going to get going with the discussion of spotting boards. Now, Many broadcasters, many play-by-play announcers use spotting boards. And the purpose of a spotting board, it's a tool to create a system where a play-by-play broadcaster can instantly identify uh, vital information quickly. And these spotting boards vary from sport to sport. Every play-by-play broadcaster that does them has their own system. There is no wrong way to create a spotting board. But I'm going to give you a little insight on how I've approached it. Uh, Back in the day, before I used the current system that I use now, uh, I would go to Staples and pick up uh, poster boards from uh, Staples. And uh, I would use them to create my spotting board with multicolored Sharpie markers. I'm a big fan of color, Uh, you know, doing things color-coded and... I think that's the best uh, way to organize things. But anyway, I, I would use poster board from Staples with the multicolored markers. Now, the uh, objective of a spotting board is to assemble vital pieces of data that you can quickly identify during a play-by-play broadcast. And I'm going to use hockey as a primary example. And uh, a little bit later on in the podcast, I'll talk about some other sports and uh, some ways that you could... Uh, approach that. But um, by the way, if you'd like to learn more about spotting boards, I have an example of one on my website, which is at johnrleahy.com. So feel free to go over and uh, check that out. And uh, it's really great to see visual examples of the board, and that's a place where you can go and check it out. So 
Uh, here is some examples of some vital pieces of data that a play-by-play -play broadcaster needs to identify quickly, and uh, it's something you can lay out on the spotting board. Obviously, the first thing is uniform numbers. Uh, you want to make them big. I, I think the biggest uh, piece of data on the spotting board should be the number. You want to make it big. You want to make it uh, stand out. And I know during my time in Hockey East, you know, when I look at the line charts of uh, the teams, uh, I've noticed that Northeastern does it the best with, with the large numbers right there for you that pop right out. So uh, that's the first thing obviously you want to know. And by uh, writing things down, it also improves your attention. You know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a proven fact that writing information down improves your attention by a large uh, amount. So uh, the uniform numbers, obviously, at first. Names, obviously, uh, the name to go with the number. And particularly when you have a difficult name that you're trying to learn, uh, you want to spell the name out phonetically. You know, so that there's no tripping over the pronunciation of a name. There's nothing worse as a play-by-play -play broadcaster than to get a name wrong. You know, it's not a good look for the broadcaster. And, you know, I you will hear from uh, family members, like if you're doing a minor league baseball or college hockey, if you get a name wrong, you know, you'll get an email or, or a message saying, hey, you know, that's not the way our name is pronounced. That happened last year with a spinner player, one of the, uh, pictures and uh, I was mispronouncing the name and his father actually sent me a note saying you know this is this is how the name is pronounced so you want to strive for a hundred percent accuracy and you want to when possible spell out the name phonetically and the best way to to learn pronunciations is when you're on the road you know you can talk to the PA announcer but the very best way is to walk up to a player and ask the player how to pronounce the name and even better if you can record it if you can bring your little mini recorder and ask the player to pronounce his name uh, into the uh, tape recorder, you know, and then you can you can go up to your spotting board and you can write it out uh, phonetically. And uh, at the college level, also there are uh, SIDs and broadcasters that can help you with names as well. So that's very important. Some other information on players that you want to put on the spotting board include a player's height, a player's weight. And, you know, those, those are very easy. You can all, always get those online. Uh, you can also, if you're doing college games, as I do in college hockey, I put the year that the player is in, whether, of course, whether he's a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. Uh, the hometown of the player, we refer to that lots of times during the broadcast. And, you know, in baseball particularly, you know, hometowns are important because it's that's a great source of storytelling during a baseball broadcast. You know, I've been down at the batting cage uh, pregame with the spinners, and I'll talk to players. And one of the icebreakers you can use to talk to a player is, you know, talk about his hometown. And, you know, the player, most players are eager to give you information and stories about the town they grew up in. And, and that's great material to use. Uh, in your broadcast and you know a lot of the hometowns that I talk to players about you know I've been to some of them so I have my own personal experiences but the home the putting a player's hometown is important and I like to do that in my spotting boards also uh, for example in college hockey 
Uh, you could put uh, the draft position of the player, you know, what round and what year the player was drafted, and also which team drafted him. That's very common in college hockey. Uh, most, if not all, college hockey teams have at least one player drafted by the National Hockey League. And uh, that is something that, you know, your audience would like to know. And by the way, that's the question that drives me to put the spotting board together, is what does the average fan want to know about? And these vital pieces of data sort of encapsulate uh, what our audience would like to know. I also put some basic offensive statistics on the board, stats, uh, how the player has done against the team that he's facing. Also, I like to add career stats, you know, so it's, it's a nice uh, backdrop uh, to the player. And uh, that information, of course, is readily available online. And then, you know, if you have some room, you can put stories or nuggets, uh, you know, additional pieces of information about the player uh, in his particular spot on the board. And I would divide the board up. I'd make, you know, depending on the size of the roster, college hockey is usually about, oh, I'd say 28 to 30 players. You divide the board up you know, vertically and horizontally so that you de dedicate a square uh, to each player. And, uh, you know, you can fill in his particular space with all the uh, information that I've just talked about. And when we get to a discussion of uh, what I do now, I, I don't write the spotting boards out anymore. I, I do it <clears throat> online with a piece of software. And I'll, I'll talk more about stories and nuggets within the software a little bit later. Now, that is just one aspect of the spotting board, you know, putting data in about the players. But I also use on the spotting board, when I was writing them out, I also used uh, data on the teams. And again, I'll use hockey as an example. Uh, things that I want to capture on the spotting board that I can instantly recognize are things like the team's record. You know, what is their record overall in conference? at home, on the road, uh, what's their overtime record, what's their neutral ice record, because sometimes you play in tournaments and they're on the neutral ice. I like to capture that. I also talk uh, in hockey, I like to talk about special team stats, and I can instantly put that on the board. I can talk about how the team has performed on the power play. I can talk about uh, how teams have done on the penalty kill, shorthanded goals, things of that nature. Special teams is an important part of hockey, and I like to have that information at my fingertips. I also like to talk about things like team averages, goals, shots per period. You know, team averages, uh, how many goals per game has the team scored? How, uh, what is their uh, shots on goal per game? And I like to have that information at my fingertips. Also, I mentioned goals per period. You know, if, if a team has uh, more success later in the game, you know, those types of things can kind of fill out um, that type of statistic. Category leaders, uh, basic information. I like to talk about who's leading the team in goals, assists, penalty minutes. For goaltenders, saves, save percentage, goals against average. And so I devote a, an area on the board to that. Uh, game highs and lows. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting a thing to reference during a game. I want to know, you know, the uh, most number of goals a team has scored in a game, the least number of goals they've scored, the most number of goals they've given up in a game, the least number of goals they've given up. 
Again, if you have that uh, on your fingertips, at your fingertips, uh, that is very useful. And the way I would do it is I would devote a spot on top of the board, right above all the players, and I would devote a, uh, an area on top of the board going across uh, horizontally, and I would devote one square to each of these uh, team stats. Some other things uh, you can talk about, and I would flip the board over uh, to do some of this other stuff here. I would write down the schedule of the team, you know, the games that have been played, results, and I also like to uh, indicate shots on goal for uh, each of the games. You can talk about uh, how the team has performed against their opponent in uh, on for the season and also overall. I like to devote an area on the spotting board to talking about the head coaches, you know, where the coaches are from, what their record is, uh, where they coached before they came to their uh, current team. Uh, also talk, you can talk about the history uh, of the uh, head coach and where he's been, any awards that he has uh, garnered over his career. And uh, so I like to devote a spot to coaching information. Uh, also, there's a section that I devote to the spotting board, which is very, very important to me, and I call it lasts. And uh, lasts just simply refers to the last time something happened with that team. For example, the last shutout that they had, uh, the last time they had a hat trick in a game, um, the last time there was a penalty shot, the last time they had 40 or 50 shots on goal in a game. You get the idea. And there's a big whole uh, area of the spotting board that I devote to that. And it's very, very lengthy. Uh, there are a lot of uh, items to that particular uh, section. And uh, we call it lasts. Now, there's also uh, an area that I like to work with. It's called uh, situational statistics. And it's basically how the team is performed, performed in specific situations. One of the important uh, areas in there is uh, how a team has done when they are leading after one, leading after two, uh, trailing after one, trailing after two, tied uh, after one, tied after two. And uh, basically, uh, these are different specific situational statistics that I can also keep on the board. Uh, specialized scoring, uh, I refer to, you know, an area of the spotting board called uh, specialized scoring where, for example, uh, what the team's record is when a player scores a goal, what the team's record is when a player has an assist, uh, what the team's record is when the player has a point in a game or multi-point games. So that's another area of the spotting board you could incorporate. You could also use the spotting board to list the line charts. And uh, usually in a hockey game, you have uh, four forward lines, you have three defense pairings and two goaltenders. So you can lay out the uh, line charts on the spotting board. And then you could also use the spotting board to talk about uh, league rankings and standings, you know, things that... Uh, are important to uh, a team trying to compete for a playoff spot, for example. At the end of the year, those come in very handy. And we're always referring to the standings and the scoreboard. That's another thing you could list the out-of-town scoreboard on there as well. And those things come in uh, very, very important 
at the end of the season. So those are just some examples of how I have laid out my spotting boards uh, when I wrote them out on uh, poster board. And I'll talk about uh, the more modern approach in just a moment. Now, there are some other sports that you can, of course, use spotting boards for. One of the most common sports that uses spotting boards by play-by-play uh, -play announcers is football. And I've seen examples of spotting boards for football. And if you want to see some fine examples of spotting boards for football, you can check out a book called The Art of Sportscasting by Tom Hedrick. And that's a book that I talked about in a previous episode. But there are examples uh, in that book about football spotting boards. Many broadcasters use a color-coded uh, system when they create their boards. And I've known play-by-play uh, -play broadcasters who put offense, the offense on one side of the spotting board and defense on the other. And, you know, broadcasters, it takes them several days to put spotting boards together for football. And uh, it is a very complicated system. Uh, you know, you I've seen broadcasters lay out the spotting boards position by position. And, uh, you know, they would uh, create the spotting boards based on the position of the players on the field. And uh, they, would, you would, they would put the supporting information below each player on the chart. And, you know, you could also uh, develop a spotting board for special teams, kicking and punting and things of that nature. So... Again, if you'd like to see more on football spotting boards, I encourage you to check out The Art of Sportscasting. Another sport that uses spotting boards uh, is basketball. I know the, game, the basketball games I've done at the high school level, I have used spotting boards. And, you know, you would lay it out the same way as you would a hockey spotting board. And, uh, you know, I, well, the way I did it was, you know, putting the team stats across the top and then listing each player and, you know, putting that vital information that I talked about earlier. There's other types of statistics you can track in basketball that you don't have in other sports. For example, rebounds, blocks, points per game, steals, points in the paint, you know, trends. And uh, so that's another sport that makes good use of spotting boards. You could use them for baseball as well, but uh, the thing about baseball is it, it is a daily sport. And so it uh, would take a lot of effort uh, to update that on a daily basis. I've never really used spotting boards for baseball because I, I actually use uh, the uh, software that I'm about to talk about for baseball. And the software that I use is a piece of software called Broadcaster's Edge. And you can find out more about Broadcaster's Edge by going to broadcastersedge.com. And so I've replaced the written spotting boards with the electronic version. And I'll tell you a few things about uh, Broadcaster's Edge that I like. And uh, we'll start with the fact that it replaces the handwritten board, so it, it sort of cuts your prep time in half. Um, it is fully customizable which means you can set it up any way you like. And uh, there are multiple areas on Broadcaster's Edge that you can customize. You can uh, devote one section to each particular area of the spotting board. There's more than enough room to include everything. Lots of room to customize on that spotting board. 
there are just multitudes of places on there to add stories and nuggets uh, that you might come across and need during a broadcast. And the most important part is that you can identify information quickly because you know where everything is. Okay, You customized it. You set it up the way you want it to look and feel during a broadcast. And because you know where everything is, it's very quick to locate the information. And I swear by it for both my Merrimack games and the Lowell Spinners as well. I, I really enjoy using this uh, piece of software. You can input schedules and rosters uh, into the uh, system. And I know for college hockey, it's great because when you're adding, for example, when I'm adding the schedule for Merrimack games, uh, when I add my opponent into the Merrimack schedule, that automatically copies over to that team schedule. So I, I track all the schedules and all the rosters of college hockey with the uh, software that I use. So when you're putting the schedule together, uh, it actually saves time because it, it puts this, the uh, games in both places. So I, I like that feature a lot. When you're uh, using it to cover professional sports like Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NHL, you can import stats. There's a place uh, on, on top where you can update stats. You can uh, just click and uh, it'll do that for you. Uh, you can add and delete players easily. This is one of the great advantages with using this piece of software is that uh, there's, you can, with a click of a mouse, you can add or delete uh, players from your team, whereas, you know, it, it beats, you know, using whiteout with the spotting boards, you know, and uh, it, it's just a lot cleaner. Uh, there's, you can also trade a player. You know, say a player... Uh, transfers in college hockey from one team to another, there's a feature where you can quote-unquote trade that player to another team so that you don't have to go back and re-add the player uh, by hand. So that's a really nifty feature that it has. There are multiple areas on that software where you can uh, add information on players and teams. There's custom fields uh, that, you know, are devoted to that. Uh, there's also an area where you can put in information about the coaches and assistant coaches. And there's also even an area where you can keep track of media people, you know, uh, who the broadcasters are. So I'll run through uh, the college hockey stuff first, very quickly, uh, position by position. There's uh, a place where you can put information on the team, what division and league they play in. You know, there's even a spot for you to put uh, a website in, what conference they play in. There's an area where you can add uh, the rink they play in and the seating capacity. Uh, then team notes. There are 12 uh, sections, 12 little areas in the team note section, and you can uh, add whatever uh, notes that you want. And this is similar to if I was writing it out on the spotting board. You know, I, I like to talk about uh, their all-time record against their opponent, what their national rankings are, overtime records. These are just some examples. I'm using the Merrimack example on my spotting board here. Uh, you know, any interesting stats? Power play has scored in nine of the last 12 games, scored multiple power play goals in two of the last nine. Um, and uh, any pertinent information that... 
you know, I would like to use during a broadcast. Like Merrimack has lost the face-off battle in 21 of the final 28 games. Okay, so there's also an area where you can put stories in. I put the uh, Merrimack schedule in, their overall conference record. I list the opponents, results, and shots on goal. History, I, I use the history section to talk about how Merrimack has done against their opponent. And then that last section that I talked about. And I have all kinds of entries under that area. You know, the last time they scored 10 goals in a game, for example, was against Arizona State on January 31st. Uh, 2016, the last time Merrimack had six different goal scorers in a game was January 7th of last year at UConn. Last penalty-free game was March 10th, 2018 at Boston College. Uh, these are just some examples I'm pulling out of here that I have uh, put in over the years. Merrimack last uh, five-on-three goal was by Tyler Irvine at UMass Lowell on January 18th. 2020. And this information is right at my fingertips, and uh, there's no limit to what you can uh, use with this section. I also have the last time Merrimack defeated, lost to, and tied a hockey East opponent in the last section. So that's uh, pretty involved. Uh, then we have the coaching staff. Uh, there's a whole section for the coaching staff, the head coach, uh, his title, how many years he's been involved with the team. Summary, his record, uh, how many years he's been in college hockey, uh, his background, awards he's won, and then I have a spot for the assistants right underneath. And then uh, there's a section called Personnel, where I talk about uh, some of the support people. There's a place where you can enter that information, the sports information director, TV and radio, and also the management of the school, the president, the AD, and the trainers. You can put the trainers in as well. And then uh, there's an area called Notepad, which I can put uh, little stories and uh, facts into that section uh, for Merrimack. You know, I have some miscellaneous stuff that I use that for. You know, for example, Merrimack was eliminated from playoff contention. They finished in 10th place ahead of Vermont. They had a five-game home winless streak snapped on January 25th against Vermont. And... Uh, outshot its opponents in 15 of the 34 games last season. So just, those are just some miscellaneous stuff that you can put in there in terms of stories. And then there's a custom team area where I can put in much of the stuff that I talked about earlier. Team highs and lows, special teams, goals by period, shots by period, team statistics, uh, situational statistics, which I refer to quite a bit during a game, uh, team rankings, team leaders, and standings. And then there's a place where you can put uh, stats in. You know, there's a large uh, area where you can put any type of stats in that you want. And uh, then in terms of the players, uh, you know, there's an area where there's info. You can put in info on each player, his number, uh, his position, height, weight, date of birth, class, whether he shoots left or right-handed, what team he played for most recently, his hometown. And then in the notes area for the players, you know, I'll put in his stats, career stats, last goal for each player, and uh, career game highs. And uh, then there's an area for stories for each player and uh, a notepad for each player. Uh, in the customized area, I'll track 
the goals that each player has scored. And then a, there's a section where you can put in, where I put in the, the game-by-game uh, stats for each player. And uh, But again, you can customize this any way you see fit. And then there's an area where you can put the stats in for each player. Uh, I use one area of stats for his current stats for the year, and then there's another section where I keep track of his career stats. In the games section, you know, I can put in the whole schedule uh, for the team, and then I can track results. And there's also a place where you can put in uh, your keys to the game. Prior to the game, there's a whole section where you can put keys in. Uh, you can also uh, put in any pregame information you want. You can do a uh, recap of the game, I cut and paste box scores and put them in the recap section. Uh, and uh, then you can put the box score. There's another section you can put the box score and then the officials of the game as well. And I, For college hockey, I have um, stats for every game going back five years. So uh, that's kind of how I approach the Broadcaster's Edge for hockey. For baseball, I also use it. And uh, there's a lot of uh, similar aspects to the baseball part of it than there are uh, that with the uh, hockey as well. Again, for the uh, baseball teams, I'll use the spinners, for example. You can do the same thing, what division they're in, what league, what park they play in, the seating capacity, the ownership. There's a place where you can put the owner in, how many years he's owned the team. Again, the team notes section, you can put uh, write out any stats that you uh, find interesting. Uh, for the spinners, I have uh, for the uh, I put the schedule in. I put the result, winner, loser, save, uh, one loss record, where they are in the standings, games ahead, games behind, the time of the game, attendance, game time, temperature. Uh, I have a spinners record book which I put in the history section, and I have all kinds of team records. Uh, you know their record year by year, team leaders year by year. And, you know, miscellaneous stuff from the record books. In the last section, I use that very similar to what I've used in the hockey uh, last section. Last, for example, last Spinner's Grand Slam, uh, Chris Madera against State College on July 18, 2016. A last opponent Grand Slam was Alexis Garcia of Connecticut, June 15, 2019. Last Spinner to hit a pinch hit home run. By the way, the last spinner to hit a pinch hit home run was Christian Vasquez, who's now catching for the Red Sox. That was on July 9th, 2009 against the Tri-City Valley Cats. Uh, last opponent inside the park home run was Andrew Frigia of uh, Aberdeen of August 26th last year. So I keep all my lasts uh, in one section of the uh, software as well. Coaching staff, again, same with baseball as with hockey. The manager is record. His history, uh, any uh, awards he's won, the uh, assistants, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, there's a spot for that. Uh, personnel, same deal as in hockey as in baseball. There's the notepad section. You can put your all your notes in. I keep track of hitting streaks, for example, in this uh, area of the software. Uh, the custom uh, team stats, a little bit different in baseball. I keep track of the standings, uh, their league averages. Uh, final runs by inning, uh, highs and lows, most runs in a game. I'll uh, use last year as an example. They had 14 runs in a game at Tri-City. 
on July 28th last year. Most triples in a game, four at Connecticut, June 23rd. You get the idea. Situational stats, there's an area for that for baseball. Uh, for example, for the spinners, I keep track of what their record is over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, and 25 games. You know, what's their record uh, when they homer with a man on? They were 14-4 and four last year. Uh, team averages, final team averages, uh, I put in the next section. Uh, then I have the team leaders in another section. Then my favorite part is uh, tracking the home runs. Uh, on the spotting board. I have a whole box devoted just to home runs. Date, opponent, the hitter, uh, which home run, which number home run it was on the year, the type of home run, the pitcher he hit it off, whether he throws lefty or righty, what inning it happened in, uh, how many outs occurred when the home run was hit, what did, it, what did the home run make the score, and what the final score was. And, of course, there's a spot where you can track all your team statistics as well. And you can also... Uh, Use uh, an area for postseason stats as well. And uh, so that's the story there. And in the player section, for example, uh, there's uh, an area for hitters and pitchers. So, for example, on the uh, hitters, again, on the, on the player uh, area, player uh, info area, you can put what round they were drafted in, what year, what team, in addition to all the other basic stuff. You know, and then the, there's an area for notes. Where you can uh, customize it any way you want. I talk about what the player has done year by year. Uh, any stories from college. For example, Nick Decker committed to Maryland prior to being drafted. I have that in my notes. There's an area for stories for each player, an area, a notepad area. And then in the custom area, I keep track of a player's home runs. I keep track of a player's multi-hit games. Their game-by-game -game, uh, stats and... Also, matchups. That's a big thing in baseball. I want to know how a hitter has done against a specific pitcher. So for every batter, I keep track of how he's done against every pitcher. Okay, for, so for example, Deck, Nick Decker, for the spinners last year, uh, against Bryant of Brooklyn, he went 1 for 4 with a strikeout, 0 for 2 in the postseason. So you can do that for any uh, batter. And then there's an area where you can keep stats on each player. Now, as far as the pitchers go, a little bit different. Uh, I have a pitcher uh, on the team. I'll use uh, use Neil Padron uh, as uh, an example. Padron was uh, one of the spinners' uh, top pitchers last year. Let me see if I can find him on the uh, spotting board. Here he is. All right, so again, uh, Padron, for example... Uh, I've got his stats in the notes area, and uh, his stats from uh, this year and last year, as an example. And um, so on the matchups in the spotting board for the pitcher, I talk about what that pitcher has done against each batter in the league. So there's an area where I can uh, track that. So, for example, uh, Mangum of Brooklyn went 0 for 2 against uh, Padron, and he was well, 1 for 2 in the postseason. And for the pitchers, I track each outing. You know, uh, so for example, for Padron on June 14th against Connecticut, he went six innings, gave up three hits and a run, walked three and struck out seven, and it was earned. And I also track the decisions for each pitcher and the, the home runs he's allowed. And then, of course, there's an area for stats where you can put in uh, the stats, and you can also uh, you put in career stats as well. So 
that's pretty much how I go about game prep in terms of spotting boards. And I just find that, uh, you know, it has cut my prep time in half. Uh, the, the good thing about writing spotting boards out is that it does improve your retention. And uh, so I think there are advantages to both. But, you know, I recommend uh, using Broadcaster's Edge. And uh, again, if you want to learn more about Broadcaster's Edge, simply go to broadcastersedge.com and uh, you can learn more about it. So, you know, I've talked before about how important it is to prepare for a play-by-play -play broadcast. And uh, this is a critical part of doing that preparation. And I hope I've uh, shed some light on, you know, how to go about and prepare. And uh, the spotting boards are certainly uh, a very, very important part of the process. And uh, those are just some tips and insights on how you can uh, get ready for your broadcast. So uh, that's going to do it for today. And I hope you've enjoyed uh, the edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. I invite you to join me next week. Next week, I, I hope to uh, be having a guest on that is still being worked out. So I hope you'll join me next week as we'll have yet another edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. Thanks so much for being with us. Enjoy your week, everybody. And uh, we will look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody.